Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On Saturday, the spring practice, game, scrimmage, whatever you'd like to call it, is going to take place in the big house. It will be the first and last look we get at this team until the opener against Florida. On today's show, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins me with our April recruiting update. And of course, we'll also chat about what's happening in spring practice and this Saturday's upcoming game. First, a few news and notes to get us started. It was announced on Monday that legendary head coach Red Berenson is stepping down. We had been wondering since the season ended if he was going to go or stay for another year, but he announced that after 33 years behind the bench, now was the right time. This great run of 33 years included national championships in 1996 and 1998, so thank you, Coach Red Berenson. It has been a fantastic 33 years for Michigan hockey. Now we wait and see who is next. And there was no word at that press conference, and there really shouldn't have been, about who is going to be the next head coach at Michigan. But we should learn in the next couple of weeks, I would think. And by the way, Coach Red Berenson is going to stay on in an administrative capacity as an advisor to Athletic Director Ward Manuel. So even though he won't be behind the bench next season, he's still going to be hanging around in Ann Arbor. Gleaning information from spring practice has never been easy. Sure, there's been access to the players and the coaching staff, but other than that, it really has been quiet, and that's okay. This is a very important spring for Michigan football. On offense, Wilton is back, and the running back stable looks to be deep. There will, of course, be a few new faces on that offensive line and at the receiver positions. The defensive line is reloading, but behind them will be a lot of new faces. Coach Don Brown doesn't seem too awfully worried about any of it right now. And there's the kicking game. Gone is Kenny Allen, who handled the entire kicking game the last two years. So we need someone to step up there. 15 practices is all you get. And I'm sure the staff would like more, but they'll at least come out of this spring with a much better idea of who is ready to contribute and just what needs to be done beginning in August to make this team competitive and position them for a run at the Big Ten title. And who knows? maybe even more. So hopefully in the next few weeks, especially after seeing the team in action on Saturday, we'll have more to talk about. Until then, let's enjoy a Saturday afternoon in the big house. The next time we see this team in action, it's going to be for real against Florida on September 3rd. There is much work that needs to be done between now and then. There is also much work that needs to be done on the recruiting scene. Coach Harbaugh and his staff are busy with the class of 2018, We picked up another couple of commits in the last week, and he's making offers for the class of 2019. No one covers it better than our guest today. Up next on our game day segment is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports to discuss the latest recruiting news and much more here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us for our monthly recruiting date here in April is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. 
Steve, happy April. Great to have you back. Thanks, Mike. Good as always. Well, not only is it busy because of spring practice, the spring game coming up this Saturday, never a dull moment in recruiting. So let's start, Steve, with the latest two verbals uh, that we got last week. Uh, One of those is Christian Turner, three-star running back from Buford, Georgia. And this one, I have to say, sort of surprised me, Steve. I try to keep up with who we're interested in, who we're offering. And there are a lot of running backs out there we've made offers to, but I never saw this kid mentioned anywhere. So tell us a bit about him. Sure. So uh, actually, uh, you know, I kind of found out on Saturday about this. Uh, I mean, I knew Michigan was hosting him. Uh, we had kind of chalked him up as a, a Notre Dame verbal. Uh, he visited South Bend the day before he was in Ann Arbor. I uh, heard that, that that visit went really well and that Notre Dame felt like he was going to give them a verbal commitment. Um, I was almost going to put in my crystal ball for Notre Dame on Saturday, but uh, I didn't. I was out with my friends, got a tech, literally got a text message on Saturday afternoon saying uh, Turner's going to commit to Michigan on Monday. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, so, I mean, out of left field for me too. Uh, it's kind of one of those things I think uh, just, you know, you talk about when staffs do a really good job with a guy on campus. That's a perfect example. I mean, I, I am in a weird way, I almost kind of consider this like a flip because, he had I'm pretty, I mean, from what I've been told or from what I believe, uh, I, I think he pretty much gave Notre Dame a silent verbal commitment uh, the day before he was in Ann Arbor. So, you know, Michigan really flipped the script there, uh, reeled him in. Uh, he was a guy, like I said, I think was a guy they offered, they liked. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really, no real expectations there, um, you know, at least this early on, you know, but they like him. He really, his film kind of reminds me of Omori Samuels a little bit. Uh, I think Samuels maybe, a, even though, I mean, Turner's, he's a 187, but he's a thick 187. I uh, was really surprised to see that 187 was his official weight when you see pictures of him. Um, but those kind of rock shoulders, excellent vision, uh, always seems to make the right cuts. And uh, when he wants to play physical, when he, when he, when he meets a defender, uh, he'll engage with him. You know, he's not necessarily a dancer, even though he's very good at making cuts and, and eluding tackles. You know, so I think to me, he looks like the t- kind of guy that could have a lot of success at the college level um, with a with a quality offensive line. Uh, now, I know that kind of goes without saying. I mean, it's hard for any running back uh, to succeed without a quality offensive line, but he's just very good at the second level. Um, you know, so if he can get if he can get the hole to get through the first level, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that could gain a lot of yards at the college level. So I, I, it's a nice pickup. Michigan's doing really well in Georgia right now. Um, unbelievable job. I want to say they are from Georgia right now, and they had only signed three total players out of the state uh, before the 2000, I think, 15 class with Elise, Elise Mbasi, the uh, linebacker, uh, since 2000. You know, so that's unbelievable job in a very talent-rich state. You know, so I think it's a win-win as far as, uh, you know, a good running back and then getting another big prospect out of Georgia with SEC offers. Well, that other big prospect from uh, a week ago is uh, Miles Sims, four-star corner from Atlanta. One of those big cover guys that everyone wants on the corner. 6'3 right now. He's uh, he's still growing and he's, of course, got to bulk up, but rare kind of a talent on the outside, Steve. He's a top target. Uh, I mean, I would, I've been saying for months, you know, pretty much since we were told, uh, he's number one or number two at them for the cornerback spot. So, and he is a guy who could evolve into a cover safety. I mean, I, again, I think one of the things people need to remember with Don Brown and his defense is everything's about versatility. So, uh, you know, he's being recruited at cornerback. Uh, Miles was always very clear to me during his recruitment that nobody liked that he was only being recruited at corner. You know, you see the six three, everyone thinks safety. 
Um, you know, one thing I've started to pick up on his shuttle time at the Atlanta opening event a couple weeks ago was one of the tops in the, in the entire field, even though he was six, three, very reminiscent of Benjamin St. Just, uh, you know, the early enrollee now who's on campus for Michigan. I really think that tall guys that move laterally, I think that's one of the things that Michigan really looks for. I think there's a pattern there a little bit, maybe. So, you know, I think Sims is another guy that is a lot like St. Juice in that regard as a, a guy who's got fluid hips for a guy, very fluid hips for a guy, his size and his length. And, uh, Really, you know, these are the kind of guys with limitless ceilings at cornerback if they put it together, uh, you know, as far as, I mean, you, you can throw a guy like that on the outside against anybody, uh, you know, in a given scheme. So really a top, top target. Um, it's it's early in the process, but this that was a very, very big commitment for Michigan. Uh, he had offers from everybody, uh, including Georgia, Clemson, uh, Auburn, Alabama. I mean, he had offers from everybody. So a lot of momentum in Georgia. Uh, you know, and again, Chris Partridge, Really, uh, probably not a surprise to anybody who's followed recruiting now for the last couple of years with Michigan, but uh, he's kind of been leading point there. I mean, he was the primary for both of these kids, although I'd say Jay Harbaugh played a very big role in the Christian Turner commitment. Uh, but uh, Partridge has really made a dent in Georgia, and I think it'll continue as the process goes on. So, no, very big one. One of their probably their this was a really big one too, um, but probably their biggest one of the cycle, in my opinion. Well, everyone pays attention to the quarterback offers we have out there. And in last month's show, you and I, Steve, discussed uh, Michigan battling UCLA for Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's a kid out of Bishop Gorman uh, in Vegas who has not ever been a starting quarterback yet. But at any rate, he's still highly regarded. Last week, though, the staff extended an offer to a quarterback pro-style kid named uh, Tyler Shuck from Chandler, Arizona. Another kid I've not seen mentioned before. Is he one of those kids, though, Steve, whose star is on the rise? I know we at 24-7 have him pretty high. Uh, I know Barton Simmons, our director of scouting, saw him live at, at one of the recent Nike events and, and really, really likes him. I, I think, uh, at least from our standpoint, from 24-7 standpoint, I do think he's the guy that could continue to see his ranking and rating rise. I think he's ranked somewhere around 200th overall, which is uh, very good. I think he's a top seven or eight pro-style quarterback now in our rankings. So, you know, the thing is, yeah, Thompson Robinson will be on campus this weekend for the spring game. It's been a visit that's been in the works for a long time. Uh, I think Michigan's still right in it. Uh, you know, I've had to, I know I told our message board, even though, you know, a new offer out to a guy is not indicative of where things stand with other guys. It's, you know, Chuck can't visit Michigan until this summer. So, and Thompson Robinson's recruitment will be well wrapped up by then. You know, so I think it's a situation where Michigan's kind of laying the groundwork a little bit, uh, you know, with another target, a guy that they like. And then uh, depending on what Thompson Robinson and Joe Milton, too. I mean, you don't really want to forget about Joe Milton out of Orlando. Uh, he'll actually be on campus this weekend, too. Really, they're number one, number two guys on their board right now. I think Milton's still leaning towards Florida, uh, despite, I think, his seven-on-seven coach said, you know, everyone's expecting him to go to Florida. And that's kind of making him shy away from Florida, like how angry would you be if you were Florida and you heard that? Um, but, you know, they'll both be on campus this weekend. Michigan will give it their best shot with both guys and kind of go from there. So um, I think Shuck's very good. Very good. Uh, the one thing I learned about his film uh, is that Michigan actually found him while they were recruiting or kind of evaluating the running back on his team, you know, which is very, you know, that's always kind of one of those, hey, look at that, you know, luck of the draw type things. Um, but a guy grew up a Michigan fan and a guy really, I guess I'd say, I think, that, I think it ends there. If Michigan misses out on Thompson Robinson, misses out on Milton, I'm, I think it's a 
pretty good chance that they end up with Shuck. Uh, I think it'd probably be a pretty open and shut deal, actually. So, you know, I really don't think – I think that'll probably be about it for Michigan's quarterback recruiting in 18. Uh, will really just be a matter of how this weekend goes, and then they kind of go from there. Well, last week several new offers uh, went out, so let's get your take on some of these kids, Steve, and start with a, a three-star offensive tackle, John Campbell. Big kid, 6'5", 285-pound, uh, again, offensive tackle from Orlando Dr. Phillips High School, um, a school that uh, cranks him out, doesn't it? Yeah, Dr. Phillips, uh, Michigan fans may remember, probably not too fondly, but uh, D. Hart, the uh, five-star running back that uh, Rich Rodriguez once recruited, I think he, and the DR, I don't even remember if he ever take a snap from Michigan. And then uh, Haha Clinton Dix, the other one who was probably going to commit to Michigan and then went to Alabama and is now like a superstar safety for the Green Bay Packers. So, um, yeah, Dr. Phillips has always pumped him out. Uh, Campbell's a guy, at least early on, I think, is probably a guy that's going to stay down south to some capacity. Uh, Michigan's offensive line recruiting has actually become really interesting lately. With uh, They look pretty good with Ryan Hayes out of Traverse City West is a guy. Uh, you know, I think Michigan's starting to trend for, and then Jalen Mayfield also out of Grand Rapids Catholic Central uh, are two in-state guys. We just bumped up Mayfield to 105th overall in the country, you know, so he's looked at now as kind of an elite guy ranking-wise. Uh, you know, so I think it's a situation where if the, if the chips fall right, they may wrap up their offensive line recruiting just within the region, you know. So uh, Campbell, probably a guy a little bit further down the board, uh, you know, good player though. He's got a great, I think he's got a really good offer sheet for a guy who's only a three-star, um, but a guy that, yeah, kind of a guy maybe they would maintain contact with, maybe try to get up for an official, depending on how things shake out on the, on the rest of their board. Well, another offer that went out was to um, a quarterback slash athlete, and I know these are the guys that Jim Harbaugh really likes, the, the athletes, and this kid is Michael Barrett. He's a three-star, 5'11", 205-pound quarterback. He's from Valdosta, Georgia. Um, Lowndes High School has a ton of offers, but again, he is exactly the kind of guy that Jim Harbaugh likes. Yes. I mean, the, you, I mean, you said it. The athlete. If you see athlete next to a guy's name, uh, good chance that Michigan has at least evaluated the guy. Um, that's three stars and above, just because yeah, that versatility. Not necess- Not even from a tangible standpoint, as far as like, hey, the guy plays corner and wide receiver. We should recruit this guy because he can play both. It's more about the intangible part that they have the ability or the coordination to, you know digest multiple positions and, and, you know, watch film on different positions. That type of thing is what Michigan really, really likes. Uh, Barrett's a guy. I'm interested to see where this one goes now because I think Michigan likes him at running back. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's still a good possibility, you know, that they may take a second at running back this cycle. It'll kind of depend on who. Uh, but I think Michigan probably top three for Barrett, actually, Im- immediately after the offer. Again, Georgia. Uh you know, I think there's kind of an old adage that guys like a three-star in Georgia or Florida or Texas would be a four-star in Ohio or Michigan. Um, I don't know how, I mean, I think there's some credence to that just because some of those states are so loaded with talent that it's hard to give them all like four stars, but uh, when they're all going against each other. Uh, but Barrett's a guy who I look at, I don't see him as an 85. I think we have him as an 85 right now. That's why I kind of disagree with, to be honest with you, um, a guy uh, yeah, I mean, I think Michigan likes him at running back, and I think if 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 they decide to push uh, following the Turner commitment, I think there'd be a real shot for them there. Uh, very intriguing guy, though. I like this film a lot, and uh, you know, like you said, 
kind of doesn't another guy whose offer sheet doesn't really match his ranking. Well, another running back offer went out last week, and when I look at the offers uh, this kid has, he doesn't have uh, at least that I've seen a lot of them. But uh, Steel Chambers, he's a six foot, two hundred and ten pound running back from Roswell, Georgia. Another Georgia kid from Blessed Trinity Catholic. Have you seen much tape on him? I did. Uh, Steel, I mean, what a name, uh, <laughs> Steel Chambers. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, you almost want to recruit him just for the name. Um, a guy that a 19 kid, so a junior, still a guy I think Michigan will definitely be recruiting. Uh, kind of doubles as a running back linebacker, but he is a he is a running back for the staff at least right now. Uh, again, another guy I think will start to see his recruitment take off. So, you know, we just ranked our uh, top 24/7 in the 2019 class, and you go on the list and you see the ones that Michigan offered. And what was interesting to me and a credit to the staff, is a lot of the guys that we ranked really high are guys that Michigan offered very, very early in the process. So, you know, one of the things I kind of look at is if Michigan is one of the first four or five or two or three schools to offer a kid, uh, that there's at least a decent chance that that guy's going to see a lot more, you know, high-quality offers come their way. Now, I don't know if it's because Michigan just finds these guys first or, which is what I believe, is that schools say, hey, they're really good at evaluating prospects. You know, this is probably a guy that we should take a look at, you know. So, um, you know, Chambers is a guy. Actually, I think Steele's going to be up uh, to Ann Arbor in probably a couple of weeks, I think. It was, it was supposed to be a spring game visit, but I think it's like the 25th or 26th that he's going to be on campus. So I think that's a good shot for Michigan to take a nice early lead there. Uh, I think Vandy is his other offer. I think he's picked up a couple since then. Uh, uh, but a guy that, you know, again, if they make him a priority – uh, I think there's a really good shot with him, you know, and, and again, another, yeah, like you said, another Georgia guy. I mean, it's just, uh, it's pretty crazy how, how hard they've been hitting that state. Oh yeah. And last week, uh, the, the last offer that went out was to another Georgia kid, uh, by his name, it just says athlete, uh, Cartavius Bigsby, 5'11", 185. He is from Hogansville, Georgia, Callaway high school. Uh, sounds like, uh, another Swiss army knife kind of guy. Yes, and he's only a sophomore. He's going to be a national guy. I think he's already pretty – he's already got a – you know, he's got 12 or 13 offers, but they're all over the country. Uh, he's going to be a big-timer. Uh, that one will – you know, that'll be more of a measuring stick as far as, you know, Michigan starting to make some inroads in Georgia. They did get Aubrey Solomon. I think they're going to sign Otis Reese, um, Miles Sims. So they're getting guys that people down there actually are really active after and really want. Uh, Bigsby is the kind of guy that it might be, you know, a really good indicator to how far Michigan has come in Georgia. Now it's weird to say that about a sophomore prospect, but, uh, some of these guys are really that good when they're that young. I mean, that's not a covering 2020 kids at this point, not something I'm like really, uh, excited about. Um, but there really are, I mean, there's a select group of kids, uh, that are that, that elite and have established themselves that much film wise, uh, that they're worth the trouble, you know, or worth the effort this early in the process. So, uh, and he's one of them, you know, so I think it, his recruitment down the road will be really interesting. Uh, again, provided Michigan pushes uh, as far as a guy that should be a national name, should be a guy that, you know, in a couple of years when you and I are doing this, that everyone will be talking about, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Michigan's at, you know, are they right there with Alabama? Are they right there with Georgia? Are they right there with Clemson? You know, so, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things, uh, smart to get in early. You know, because it's a it's a tiny feather in their cap they can play down the road. You know, say so to say like, hey, we were the first really big school to to believe in you. You know, and and that means something to a lot of kids. So uh, smart offer, good offer, really good player. His film, I mean, he looks like a 
you know, looks like he could play with these juniors and these seniors. So, um, yeah, excellent player. Well, let's take a look at some of Michigan's top targets for the next class, Steve, that are still out there. And there, there are tons of them. I'm not sure exactly how many offers we've made, but there are a few here that I find fascinating. So if we could just talk about uh, them and maybe, uh, if we have a legitimate shot at landing some of these guys, uh, the first guy I would think we have more than a legitimate shot at is Will Mallory, of course, uh, a legacy, 6'5", He's out of Jacksonville, Florida, Providence High School. And uh, I'm not going to say he's in the bag, but everything you read, it's sort of uh, you're just waiting for him to say, I'm coming. It'd be a big surprise. So Miami and Georgia are really, really trying to maybe kind of change that uh, more than any of the other two schools. They're really, really pushing hard for him. One thing I noticed, though, in the last week, uh, Miami's offered a couple new tight ends, and Georgia's offered a, Georgia offered an in-state tight end who's probably going to be committing there pretty soon. Could be a little indicator, you know, that maybe they're, they're thinking the same thing that you just said, is that, you know, it's kind of a foregone conclusion here. Uh, I think he's a guy that's going to rise up the rankings, too. Uh, I know our, our guy, based out of Jacksonville, Chris Nee, writes for our Florida State site, uh, thinks that Mallory's a top 100 level guy. So, you know, he's a guy, like you said, legacy. Uh, he's good friends with Aiden Hutchinson. The, the, the legacy who lives up here is already committed, you know. So I, I think it's, uh, I don't want to say it's a lock just because there's no such thing as a lock, you know, anymore. But uh, if there was one, I mean, he'd have to be him just because there's too much history there with that family. And I, I'd just be shocked if he, you know, decided to play his ball elsewhere. Now, Georgia, Miami, both. Use the tight end. I mean, it's not like uh, Michigan doesn't have a monopoly on using the tight end offensively, but uh, still, they need tight ends so badly in this class. He's like their top target, along with probably Jeremy Ruckert. Uh, you know, I think he's a guy, probably a big piece of, for this class for them. So I, I'd be very surprised. I've had my crystal ball on Michigan, I think, since the day they offered. Well, another tight end that you and I have talked about uh, over and over, though, is uh, Mustafa Muhammad. I know you said he's one of the uh, your favorite interviews of uh, these kids uh, Michigan's recruiting. 6'5", 225 out of Missouri City in Texas. Anything changed with him as far as uh, where he might be leaning? Mustafa's visiting Michigan this weekend, which is uh, incredibly significant, actually. Uh, to take two trips up to Ann Arbor on his own dime uh, is huge. Uh, I believe it, I believe his mom will be up here again with him on the visit like she was last time. I think Michigan's got a real shot in this one now. This was one that I kind of put on the back burner a little bit. Uh, there was a lot of buzz about Texas. There was some buzz about Clemson. Uh, I think Michigan's really in this one, like maybe way more than I thought they were. Uh, to begin, I th- yeah, I throw Mustafa right in there with the two guys with Mallory and Ruckert. I, those are the three guys I've always kind of at least told our our readers that uh, are the top three guys on their board. Brevin Jordan probably right up there too. Um, but you know Mustafa's a guy. I think Michigan he he fits what Michigan looks for. Uh, very intelligent kid, serious about the academic stuff. Uh, you know p- plays the position the right way. Uh, he's more of a flex style guy he'd have to learn he'd have to you know pick up the blocking a little bit more as far as uh, learning it and stuff uh but a guy that yeah i mean probably the most national offer sheet of anybody they're recruiting at the position i mean he's got offers from you name it i mean ohio state clemson texas texas a&m florida state georgia um anybody really alabama i think alabama offered him too so you know he's a guy top target type he'll be on campus this weekend though i mean for them to get him back up is is very significant so i'm I'm actually kind of interested to see uh where that visit goes this weekend you know i think michigan 
has put themselves, they're probably running second at worst right now. I mean, they really could be leading for all I know. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. the guy that, like I said, I've kind of, I've always reported on him, but kind of a guy I thought, well, it's just really going to be hard to get kids out of Texas and, uh, and Clemson, like I said, was really hard after him for a long time too. So, um, but I may have been wrong. I think Michigan's in pretty good shape here actually. Well, as far as running backs go, of course, we got the Christian Turner uh, commit last week, but there are two others that Michigan really likes, uh, and they're both four-star kids. One is Iverson Clement, another New Jersey kid. He's out of Mount Holly, New Jersey, uh, 5'11", 190. The other is uh, a kid from down in uh, Decatur, Alabama, Austin High School, Asa Martin. Again, he's another four-star running back, six foot one ninety-three. How interested do you think they are in Michigan, Steve? I think with Clement, uh, I think he's interested in Michigan uh, at this point, especially with Turner on board. I'm not sure where he's kind of been trending towards Florida for a little while now. I feel like uh, he made a Midwest swing. He visited Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, I don't know if he visited Notre Dame or not, but uh, made a Midwest swing. I think both Michigan and Ohio State were kind of looking in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, and he's been trending to Florida ever since. I think he went down there a little while ago for a visit. Uh, good player. Could be a guy that Michigan could swing around back, swing back around on and, and re-recruit depending on how things shake out. I feel like he's going to end up elsewhere right now. I'd probably say the same for Martin, although I think Martin's a guy that Michigan would take uh, if he wanted in right now. Uh, I think, again, Florida is the last I knew that Florida was a school that was kind of trending there. Uh, IMG Academy kid. I think he, unless he's left IMG Academy, last I knew he had transferred down to IMG, uh, you know, as a guy that's been kind of making his rounds between Florida, Florida State, uh, schools like that. So I think both of those guys, I'd be surprised if Michigan signed either one of those guys as of today. Uh, but I do think that, of you know, Martin is a guy that I think they will continue to recruit, though. So he's not one that I would write off completely. Uh, they were working him pretty hard. Uh, you know, the last month or two, uh, pretty much since they've offered. So uh, a guy maybe to keep an eye on, probably to put on the back burner for now, um, but a guy that I think they'll keep recruiting and, and maybe we'll see where things go there. Well, we know this is going to be a smaller class and we have the Christian Turner commit already and a lot of offers out there to running back. How many do you think we'll have in this class when it's all said and done? I think it's it's hard to say. I think, you know, it could just be one. If they if they If I was told one today, I still wouldn't believe it just because of the way they've always kind of recruited. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I still think they'll end up with a second in the class. Now, whether that means they're only going to go after, you know, the, the cream of the crop at running back, or they're going to keep evaluating guys. And then, you know, like, but I can see them with a Barrett though, you know, and that's the thing, Barrett, Asa Martin, probably two guys really that I could see them still recruiting pretty heavily. Uh, you know, I, I I think the Christian Turner thing kind of fell on their lap, to be honest with you. I mean, not that they – I mean, they definitely – obviously, they wanted him. They took his commitment and stuff. I just don't think there was any expectation, you know, even going to, like, last Thursday before – I mean, they had him coming up. They knew that. Um, but I don't think there was any expectation that he'd already be verbaled. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of a adjustment period or transition here where they kind of maybe figure out, oh, what do we do now? But, like I said, they'll definitely still be recruiting guys at the position – It'll really just be a matter of, you know, do we want to take another guy? Is this guy good enough? Do we want to fit him in or, you know, type thing? So uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Kind of the same story every cycle as far as, you know, do they decide to fit another guy into the position or do they hold tight, um, you know, type thing. So uh, I I always lean that they're going to take one more at whatever position they may think they're done at. 
uh, you know, but it's not a guarantee right now. Well, as far as wide receivers go, Steve, the uh, the number one and two guys in, in most services, most polls are both California kids. You have uh, Jalen Hall, who's out of Los Angeles, uh, Augustus Hawkins High School. And then and most people have him number one, but the close number two being uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's out of a great high school, modern day in Santa Ana, California. He has a brother playing at Notre Dame and another brother at Stanford. They're both five-star kids. They're both California kids, which makes it tough to think you might be able to pull them away. But do we have any kind of a legitimate shot at either one of those kids? Probably not with Hall. Uh, you know, I, I, I've tweeted this out before. Uh, I feel like, Mike, you and I and eight people could just recruit a top five class to USC. Uh, they don't really have to try. With a lot of these kids, it almost seems like I think Hawkins is quickly, not surprisingly, too. Uh, you know, when Hawkins first started gathering elite recruits, I guess, at their program, mm-hmm. uh, they wanted to try to get their kids' looks from as many programs as possible, but it's really starting to look like another school that's just going to kind of feed their kids to USC. Uh, I'd be shocked if Jalen Hall wasn't a Trojan at some point. So, uh, you know, a guy that, yeah, I mean, if, if, if he wanted in, I mean, Michigan would – Take him in a heartbeat. I do think he's the number one receiver in the class, uh, but probably headed to USC. St. Brown, a little bit of a different story. Uh, I mean, although really St. Brown could end up at SC also, uh, I think he's much more open. I think Notre Dame, his dad, I, I know the family really well, actually. Uh, Equinemius, who plays at Notre Dame, uh, I watched him his first year. Uh, they would travel out to Detroit to the Sound Mind, Sound Body camp. Uh, got to know the family really, really well. So I think Amon Ra is definitely a lot more open than than Jalen Hall is. I think Michigan just wants to get him on campus, uh, get him visited. I think that Michigan's probably in the top four. Uh, I th- I'd say it's SC, Stanford, Michigan, Notre Dame probably. So the schools is both his brothers are at and then Michigan and USC. So uh, I think that's where their better shot is. I don't know how good of a shot it is. Uh, they wanted, they've been trying to get him on campus for a while. I think they will eventually, um, but they've been working really hard to get him up. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Amon Ra really reminds me of, you know, people that follow college football out there, really reminds me of Christian Kirk at Texas A&M, uh, a guy that just can, he's not the tallest guy, but you can put him on the outside. Like he'll beat any type of corner and uh, is excellent in their uh, special teams aspect of the game too. So, you know, he's an excellent player. Might be the best of the three brothers, really. Uh, wouldn't have thought that with Equinemius. I thought Equinemius was a great high school player. Um, and they're all kind of different, too. Uh, Equinemius, I think, is like 6'3", like a legit 6'3". The other two are not. Um, but I think Amon Ra might be the best of the lot. So, I um, mean, he's been making plays. He made plays at that same camp that Equinemius got noticed at as like a seventh grader, like just toying with like other seventh and eighth graders uh, at like the kid, the youth part of the camp and stuff. So, you know, he's been uh he's kind of a name that I think coaches were kind of waiting to see what would happen with him and, and it's all turned out. So uh decent I mean, they're one of their better shots with an elite guy. Um, but it's still it's it's really difficult to say that they're like have a great shot or anything like that. Well these uh, two thousand eighteen targets, there's one kid uh, every time I read about him he fascinates me and I know Michigan is in on him. He's a three star right now. I think via Australia, quite a story. Um, Daniel, and I'm not sure how you pronounce this last name, Steve Falele. I, I think it's Falele. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, and he's the biggest kid uh, out there um, that we know of. Six nine, three ninety. He's down at IMG Academy. He's an intriguing prospect, isn't he? He's never. Yeah, he's never put on pads yet. Yeah, I mean, since I've been doing this, he's got to be the most intriguing prospect I've seen uh, as far as 
just the question marks, but the immense, just immense upside because he's not, you look at him and he's really, really big. You would never think that he was pushing four bills. Um, he, I've seen, you know, he, there's a couple of videos out there. People want to uh, maybe search on Twitter for Daniel Falele, F-A-A-L-E-L-E, a uh, couple camp reps at one of the Nike camps where he like literally picks up a defensive end and throws him on the ground. I mean, it's just like <laughs> insane stuff that like offensive line coaches around the country just drooling over, um, you know, but it'll, it really, it'll just be a matter of how he acclimates himself, you know, to pads and to the, to the high school game at first, but either way, I mean, he'd have to be an absolute dud in pads for schools to not still take a chance on a guy like this, just because the upside is so, it's so uh, massive. It's amazing. Uh, and, and Michigan really, I'm not going to say, you know, I think there's always been kind of this idea that Michigan was kind of the first school to discover him. Technically they weren't. Uh, Hawaii had offered him a scholarship, uh, I think before Michigan went out to Australia for the satellite camp. But I would say that Michigan uh, here we are with the satellite camps in Michigan being ahead of the curve here, uh, kind of maybe helped him get noticed nationally. Uh, I think that's what spurred the IMG transfer and, uh, and he's picked up offers from everybody since then. Uh, I actually, I think, again, I think Michigan might actually be in pretty decent shape with him for that reason. Uh, I, I think that it was a situation where they took the chance on him early now he's turned into a national prospect, and then I think that Michigan is very, very much in contention for him. And I'd be shocked if they wouldn't, you know, if they ever backed off or uh, decided to go in a different direction. Just because, like I said, you just you have to take a chance on a guy like this because he's just. I mean, he, I mean, he literally picked the guy up in that one in that one clip. I mean, it's just it's a, amazing, you know. And uh, so it'll it'll be his film this season will be just. Uh, very interesting. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, you know, IMG, they'll be playing some great competition, so he'll have his work cut out for him, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can just imagine like, you know, like a Drevno or somebody in the film room watching this guy, or at least seeing this guy physically thinking, this is what I've been dreaming about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is a guy that, I mean, he's got like, he's got to have number one overall pick type upside again, if he acclimates himself, but just the sheer size, and he's a pretty athletic guy for his size too. He's not a uh, an oaf or bumbling around or anything like that. He can move. Like he played rugby in Australia, uh, you know, so he can move. And uh, so, I mean, he's. It's just, yeah. I mean, you can just tell by the way I'm talking about it how intriguing this guy is. I mean, there's a million questions about him. So uh, it'll be fun to watch his recruitment develop. With us here on our game day segment as we uh, do our April recruiting update is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. And Steve, before we uh, let you get out of here, let's just turn our attention to uh, the spring game uh, this Saturday. And to me anyway, this has been sort of a quiet spring. I, I, you know, we're used to, uh, I think, a lot more uh, talk about what's happening in spring practice. To me, it's, I mean, there's been access to the players. Um, you've had the coaching staff out there, but it's so, still sort of been quiet. And I know... Coach Harbaugh says every day it's a competition and the best players are going to play. But when we talk about Wilton Spate and him battling for that quarterback job, have you heard anything about, is there any push or is he just, it's his job? It's his team. Uh, I, I actually, uh, I would be, I would not be surprised if Wilton was named one of the captains on this year's team. I think he, uh, I mean, he was third team, all big 10 as a first year starter, uh, you know, Michigan gets, here's the thing with him, you know, people, 
didn't like the way he played in a couple of the big games, but you know, Michigan catches a couple breaks either way. And we're talking about how great he was and how awesome, you know, how great they're going to be this year because he's returning. Uh, It's his team. In my opinion, I'd be shocked if anyone was pushing him. I don't think anyone is. I think the bat, the real battle is, you know, is Brandon O'Peter or is Brandon O'Peters is Brandon (laughs) Peters uh, overtaking John O'Corn for the backup spot. Uh, I think there's a good chance that that's going to happen this year. Uh, you know, Peters is obviously the future, and then and then Dylan McCaffrey. Uh, I think that's where the real battle is. I think this is Wilton's team. I think what do you say? He lost 20 pounds uh, this off season too, in a, in a you know in an effort to maybe get a little bit more mobile or you know a little bit uh, better shape or whatever. So you know, here's the thing: like Michigan obviously lost a lot of players offensively this year, a lot of transition there, but they bring him back. And I thought he had a good season last year. Again, he was a, was a first year starter. I mean, this is a guy who was an afterthought 18 months ago. And then he's a big 10 third team player last year, you know, as a first year starter. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons maybe there should be a little bit more optimism about what Michigan can do offensively because he's back because it's his second year. Um, he's been bringing the, he's been bringing the younger guys along, you know, as far as the, the young receivers and the, and the offensive line and those types of guys. So um, and he's got that it factor, in my opinion. I think he's the, kind of got that leadership trait, kind of it's innate in him. So, uh, you know, it's his, it's his job. I'd be, it, I think it'd take injury for him not to start, uh, you know, the entirety of the year. So, um, interested to see where he leads him. You know, I think he knows that it's kind of on his shoulders a little bit now. It's a little bit different than last year. We had Jake and uh, Darbo and and uh, Ju and those guys, like you know, to kind of help it along leadership wise, but I think it's kind of on his shoulders now. So it'll be interesting to see where he takes it. Well, sort of a strange that the spring game is coming before the close of spring practice because of the Rome trip, of course. And, you know, we get excited every year, uh, fans, but in the end, it, it really is the longer you've been around watching these spring games, it's really hard to take anything away from them, isn't it? Oh yeah. No, it's, I mean, I think sometimes they purposely design them to not show anything to anybody you know, they, they held a couple open, I don't, I'm not going to say open practices, but I think like former players and uh, other people, uh, selected people, I'm assuming could go watch. Uh, I think, I think they purposely don't show things during those either, you know, because they know that those people are going to want to tell people about what they saw and all that kind of stuff. So um, they're very close to the vest about it. I think this year, especially important just because there is so much transition. There's so many new starters are going to be out there. There's a lot of really intriguing position battles uh, I think they're just kind of keeping things as close to the vest as possible. You know, I got say one person will tell me, well, you know, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. looked pretty average. Uh, and then the, in the next breath, I'll have a recruit that visited and watched said, yeah, that number 17, like he caught like seven passes in one fifteen rep session. Like he was just all over the field. Unbelievable. You know? So it's like, uh, you know, it's always hard to kind of mm-hmm. distinguish like uh, what's, what's really the end game. Is he having a great spring or isn't he? Um, you know, cause you might, you might have one bad day or you might, might be a day where the focus isn't on your receiving, you know, that type of stuff. So, um, I, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. Um, you'll see flashes of guys. I mean, like, it'll be really interesting to see Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, in pads, obviously. Uh, I think, uh, Ann should be excited about what he's going to bring to the table. I know Jim Harbaugh actually met with, uh, I know we met with our guy, Zach Shaw, and there was, like, I think, a handful of other reporters that happened to catch him at the Red Barons in retirement yesterday. Uh, and he was already gushing about people's Jones, kind of in the same way, you know, the more that Harbaugh's been here, you kind of pick up on the way he talks about some players. Uh, kind of had that Jabril-type 
you know, gush about the way he was talking about people's Jones. So uh, obviously a kid that everyone should be excited about. I think everyone is excited about. Um, but as far as like when we write what we see coming out of the spring game, is it going to really tell the whole story? Probably not. So no. um, just the way it is. Well, and it's fun, and that's what this game is for, for the fans and the players to have fun. And, of course, the fans, being fans, are going to be looking for answers and breakout players and all of that on Saturday. Uh, again, it's just part of uh, the spring game. But for you, Steve, uh, watching the game, what in particular will you be keeping uh, an eye on this Saturday? Dep- you know, Depending on if they, they throw the five out there that we think they will or that we think would be the first team. I mean, you, you want to see what the offensive line does. What, 2.2? Combined yards per carry against Ohio State, Florida State, and Iowa in their three losses. I mean, that's really been the uh, the unifying factor when the, when this team doesn't put it together is that they're not able to run the ball. Uh, and, you know, you lose three starters. I think maybe from a pure talent standpoint, I think they may be better this year. I think Michael Onwenu is a guy that, a lot like Falele almost, like is a guy that's just different physically. Like you don't see guys like that very often, a guy that's 360 um, but doesn't look like he's 360 and can move like he's 320 or 330. Uh, is a, you know, Mike's a guy that I really think could could take that starting job and just run with it this year. You know, so I, I think the offensive line always kind of the thing you're interested to see. Um, I'm interested to see see wide receiver too. Uh, Kakoa Crawford, uh, Peoples Jones, like we talked about, Tariq Black, a guy that you know I almost feel bad for Tariq. I think he's always going to be a guy that's going to be mentioned second after Peoples Jones, but I think is a guy who's going to have a great career in Ann Arbor himself. Uh, you know, and I, I know I know that well. We don't know, like I said, but I've heard that he's had a really good spring. Uh, that he's done a really great job acclimating himself as quickly as possible. You know, so I think a uh, wide receiver will be interesting. You know, with the three guys from last year too, like I said, Crawford, McDoom, and Nate Johnson too. Um, Nate Johnson really started to come on last year, like. Uh, late season practices and then bowl practices as a guy that the staff like really, really liked. So uh, interested to see what those guys do. And uh, can Mo Ways or Drake Harris answer the bell? Uh, I think this is kind of a really important year for both of those guys as far as, you know, can they produce? Because they just signed five really good wide receivers. Uh, They're probably going to sign one or two really good ones in the 18 class too. Uh, You know, so those guys are, uh, you know, got some questions to answer and got to start producing, I think. So, um, I think wide receiver, offensive line, kind of the two positions I'll be watching offensively. Defensively, it's definitely cornerback. Um, I think Tyree Cannell and Josh Metellus are, are definitely going to be the answers at safety. Uh, it'll just be a matter of, you know, who are the two corners going to be. I think it, it could very well be just a, it could be an easy one. It could be David Long, Levert Hill, kind of fulfill what we kind of thought they would and take that role uh, after losing, you know, Jordan and, and Stribling. Uh, this year, you know, the guys that I think they were both top 100 guys uh, that would just kind of jump right in there in their second year. Uh, but you got Keith Washington, you got Brandon Watson, and then you got the two early enrollees, St. Juice and obviously Ambry Thomas, who is another guy that's going to have a great career at Michigan. So uh, a lot of names there. Just be interesting to see if we get any kind of indication that uh, of who those two might be. Um, I do think David Long is pretty much a lock to be one of the starters this year, provided he stays healthy. Uh, I'd probably say Hill's probably the favorite for the second one, but we just haven't heard as much about Levert uh, as we have David. So, uh, you know, those will kind of be the positions I'll be keeping an eye on, again, if we're even given any indication about what's really going on there. Exactly. Well, it's uh, it's the last time we will – well, the first and the last time we'll see this team until September 3rd uh, and the Florida game down there at Jerry's World. So 
Everyone get out there and enjoy it. And again, we probably won't get answers, but uh, we'll get to see some of these young guys step up and, and see what they've got. With us on our show this week on our April recruiting update, and of course talking a bit about the spring game, has been Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. And as my listeners know, no one covers Michigan recruiting better. So Steve, uh, never a dull moment on the recruiting trail and things as you expect could heat up right after that spring game. So next month when we get you back on our May recruiting update, it should be fun. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think we talk about it. Uh, should be a could be a really big weekend for them on the recruiting trail. So uh, it'll be you know like I said it'll be very interesting to see how things pan out. A lot of big targets on campus. A lot of guys that uh, may decide they want to end things. We'll see. Hard to say right now, but I think it could be. Well, as always, Steve, we thank you for your time and look forward to the next visit. Appreciate it, Mike. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, the number 18-ranked University of Michigan softball team struggled to get its offense going in its series finale against number 25 Ohio State, falling to the Buckeyes 5-0 on Sunday afternoon in front of a record crowd of 1,836 fans at Buckeye Field. It marks the Wolverines' first loss in Big Ten Conference play and halted their win streak at 14 games. After pounding out 26 hits in Saturday's doubleheader against the Buckeyes, Michigan could only muster three in Sunday's finale and left eight runners stranded on base. Ohio State used a solo home run to plate the winning run in the third inning and broke the game open with a four-run fifth, highlighted by a three-run homer. The Wolverines put two runners on in the fourth and loaded the bases with two outs in the seventh on a walk, hit by pitch, and pinch-hit single by sophomore Katie Alexander, but could not push a run across. Senior pitcher Megan Betza, who's now 14-6, and six, took the loss in the circle, allowing five runs on eight hits and three walks while striking out seven through 4.2 innings pitched. The Wolverines, who are 28-8-1, and 8-1 in the Big Ten, will return to action on Wednesday, heading to East Lansing to face in-state rival Michigan State, 4.30 p.m. at Secchia Stadium. The game will be streamed live on BTN+. After trailing 6-0 through three innings on Sunday, the number 18-ranked University of Michigan baseball team fell short in its comeback as the Wolverines dropped a 7-5 decision to Illinois at the Wilpon Complex, home of Ray Fisher Stadium. The loss snaps a nine-game win streak for the Wolverines. All but two of Michigan's seven losses on the season have come by two runs or less. Michigan has a midweek game with Eastern and then entertains Oklahoma this weekend in a three-game series. Heading into this weekend's play, Michigan is 25-7 overall, 6-3 in Big Ten play. Once again, the spring game will get underway this Saturday at 1 p.m. If you can't make it, BTN will be broadcasting live from the Big House. Next week, we'll recap the game and see if we learned anything new about this very young team. We're getting some mixed reviews on the weather for Saturday, at least early this week. The weatherman is saying temps near 60, maybe some rain, but overall a cloudy day. Pretty good day for football, so enjoy a Saturday at the Big House. That's going to do it for another show. 
I hope each and every one of you have a happy and blessed Easter. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next week, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!